This is In Touch, City Talk's Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk 105.9. Hello, good evening and welcome along to In Touch, City Talk's Rugby League Hour, where we talk all things Super League between now and seven every Thursday night. I'm Laura Moss, my co-host Steve Manning joins me too, as does our special guest tonight, Saints Insider, that's what we're going to call him, and licensee of the Fly in the Loaf pub on Harman Street in Liverpool City Centre, Dominic Hornsby. So over the next 60 minutes or so, we're going to hear from Warrington's Simon Griggs, who looks back on that Wigan defeat and admits Wolves just didn't have a whole lot going on for them at times. I think we've got to certainly improve our kicking game. We didn't get close to executing our game plan. I don't think his attack could have got much worse than, or can get much worse than what it was against Wigan, so you know, it, can only, it can only get better. Well, Wigan boss Sean Wayne's a very happy man. He says his side are consolidating nicely now. I want us to perform, and the fact is, our form during the past year, since 2010, has not been great. So to go and play as well as we did and and keep them there to four um, was, was a great effort, so it was more enjoyable after obviously what went on in, in Australia as well. As for Warrington coach Tony Smith, all he can do is look ahead to this Sunday's trip to Huddersfield. They're probably similar to us, the Giants in some respects, where they, they've played some very, very good patches of rugby league at different stages, and, but they've also been a bit off in some, some areas, certainly in the consistency area. And St Helens' is Anthony LaFranche is pleased with their results at Wakefield, setting them up nicely for what will sure to be a tough encounter against Leeds tomorrow night. You know, those type of games is the ones that you need to win. You know, the, the game, big games against Leeds and Wiggins and the Huddersfield is, um, you know, you're always going to get up for those games. But, you know, the, the, the games that you win ugly are the ones that count at the back end of the year. Saints boss Nathan Brown says he's relishing the visit of the Rhinos and a chance to put right last year's playoff defeat. It'll be a, a good good contest now. Like they're a very very challenging side, Leeds, and the clubs have got a, a pretty good history against each other. And uh, yeah, this week will be definitely a tough task for us moving forward, but it's one we're looking forward to. And witness they return to winning ways at Hull FC. The first two points they've achieved there. We ask Paul Joseph what's going right for them. Yeah, it's fantastic. We've got a very very good group of, of lads, and we're, we're, we're very close as well. You know, like. Coach Dennis Betts says it'll be a huge momentum boost to the side. You cannot underestimate the power of that kind of performance to the confidence within this group. It's a, it's a great it's a great day for us as a, as a group. So plenty to get through tonight. Before we do, though, Nick Smith has the lowdown on what went on last week. All eyes were on the Halliwell Jones last Thursday for a repeat of last season's grand final. Warrington Wolves hosted the Wigan Warriors. But it didn't quite live up to the hype. The weather conditions made it a tough game and Sean Wayne's side did it again over their rivals, 12 points to four. The only real glimmer of spark for the home side was youngster Gene Ormsby's break, which resulted in the only try of the game for the Wolves. London had a miserable trip to Leeds as they were thrashed 54-6 by the Rhinos on Friday. Catalan Dragons got their campaign up and running with a hard-fought 30-14 win over the Huddersfield Giants. On Sunday, Rangi Chakes returned to the Salford squad as they defeated high-flying Castleford 23-16 and Hull KR nilled Bradford by 26 points. St Helens stayed top of the pile with a 24-16 win at Wakefield and Widnes got their first win <coughs> at the KC Stadium in a game that ended at 7-0. Cheers, Nick. So good evening to my guests in the studio tonight. You just heard from one of them, them, Steve and uh, Dom. Saints Insider, that's what we're going to call you tonight, Dominic Hornsby, licensee of the Fly in the Loaf pub, a St. Helens pub in Liverpool City Centre. How are you both doing? Very well, thanks, Lauren. Good evening. Um, yes, it is uh, it is a bit of a sense pub, if you like. I've had a, 
a few uh, a few dues of of the lads over the years with with different occasions for whatever reason, whether it was celebrating um, an end of season uh, victory, grand final win, or just just a general get together in the off season. So. No, listen, I've, I've tried over the years to, obviously, to soccer mad city, and, and quite right, Liverpool could be the, the footballing capital of the world, but I'm I'm really daft, and I've, I've been in this city now for 18 years, and I've spent the last 10 years where I've been the fly in the loaf licensee, trying to make it into a bit of a, a rugby league haven, so show all the games and everything, and yeah, it's just, it's just nice for... For visitors to the town who are, who are rugby league fans as well to, to find somewhere where they can they watch the match and talk about the game. And we can tell from your accent that you're not from uh, really these parts. We're going to call you Almara tonight. Because oh, very good. Very good. Where are you from, Dom? I'm from Whitehaven in Cumbria. So, uh, big rugby league town. You played a little bit in your younger days too. I did. I mean, I would, I would love to have turned professional. Uh, I wasn't that good, nowhere near. But I played amateur rugby league. And for obviously for the listeners that who, who know this stuff, I played for Kells. And uh, I was a loose forward, but but no, it's it's rugby league, it's rugby league heartland really. I mean, there's there's recent talk this week. It's it's quite topical actually about about there being a merger in Cumbria again with Workington Town and Whitehaven. But it's always how would something like that work? Steve, I'll tell you how it all, chair, I'll then. tell you how it all work. <laughs> yeah. the, the the supporters. First of all, good evening, everyone. The supporters who've not been to games for years and years will come out in the droves. And I think the last time they did this, I think one of the chairmen would be either Whitehaven or Workington stood down. There was that much friction, for want of a better expression. Steve, it was absolutely unbelievable when that when that came out. Obviously, the huge in this in this country in this part of the world, there was huge headlines. You know, when when the Super League started, it was on the back of the uh, ARL Super League war and everything. But the headlines it created in this country. BBC News headlines, ITN at the time and everything. But in Cumbria, I mean, I can tell you firsthand there was there was people trying to set fire to the respective stadiums, to the recreation ground in Derwin Park because the, the, the local fans were in up in arms and very both clubs very, very proud histories. It I feel I, I don't feel the best saying this actually, if there's any Cumbrian listeners out there, but um Work It in Town are a more successful club than us in terms of honours. I think they still hold the record for the quickest time to win the rugby league title after entering the competition. Oh, I think it was only a couple of seasons, and they won the Challenge yeah. Cup as well. Gus Risman came to be player coach and everything. One of the leg- one of the immortals, one of the rugby league Hall of Fame members. So there's a there are very very proud history, and there's 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 fierce loyalty up there to both clubs. However, I think, and you you can probably allude to this, Steve. I would suspect that. I think um, the way the game's gone in the last 10, 15, 20 years, the only way for us to see top flight rugby league up there is to have a joint side. Whether that sounds controversial or not, it's I think that's just being realistic. And that doesn't take away loyalty. I mean, I'm as, I'm as passionate about, about Whitehaven as anybody is. Uh, obviously, I don't go to as many games because I'm based down here now. But I think... It it really is. It's the it's the only way forward. That the the area is is West Cumbria is crying out to see the top. They need stars. A, they need a Super League team up they there. They do need a Super League team, and I think, I mean, you can look at. Australia. But I don't think we want any any stadiums and training grounds being set fire to and things. But fans in protest. Well, hopefully not. I mean, no, that's, the, <laughs> that's the last thing we. I don't need think we want it that badly, no, Steve. No. Could that ever work? Well, they've got to, as it were, put 
They've got to go, go both sides, put it in all together, because if you don't, it won't work. You'll still have factions. And I know it works in Australia, and mm. those are the models, you know, your St. George's Illawarra and yeah. West Tigers. Yeah. It, it does work, but it, it's it's something that's just not ingrained uh, in this here, country. Yeah. And it's with promotion and relegation, you know, it's ingrained over here in Australia. They don't have such a thing. I still don't, I'm still i still trying to get my head around how they work out the fixtures in, in that, because mm. they don't play on a home-and-away basis uh, throughout the season. But... It would be great to work because there, there is an untapped talent. I'm involved uh, with the amateur game, so I know how strong it is up in, uh, up in Cumbria and um, all, all power to the elbow. Well, let's turn our attention to Super League now. We'll talk all things Saints a little bit later. But first of all, that game at the Halliwell Jones last Thursday night didn't quite live up to the hype, Steve. Wigan, Warrington, we're expecting a little bit more than what we actually got, I think. I think the uh, the weather. <coughs> Excuse me, I've got Laurenitis here. Do you, do and, you want a uh, glass of water? I'll you've get, got, I'll get you've some got what? Laurenitis. Laurenitis. Yeah. <laughs> Start people talking, please. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but I think the weather didn't help. I mean, the, the downpour before and sort of thing. But uh, from Wigan points of view, it was an ugly win. It was a great win, and. Uh, Onward and upwards uh, for the Warriors. As for Warrington, Tony Smith admits his side just made too many errors and they ha- had no real like spearhead attacking play. Particularly with the ball, I, I, I thought we were way off with the ball in our kicking game, which is disappointing because the week before against Salford, we were very good in that respect. We, were, we had good field positions and showed good patience and uh, we lacked all that you know, this week against Wigan, unfortunately, and we didn't put them under... Uh, enough or any sort of pressure at the right sort of stages of the game. So that that aspect was very disappointing. But I thought our defence and the way that we uh, defended it for big periods of that match uh, was probably the best I've seen for a very long time from us, um, probably you know, two or three years. So <laughs> some aspects of it we were at our best and, and other aspects of it we were very poor. The effort's there at the moment. If the effort wasn't there, I'd be, yeah, be worried. Um, but... Boys are trying hard at the moment and putting a lot of time into their uh, defence, and and maybe that's paying a price in uh, in the way that we're attacking. But it won't be long before we put the whole lot together. We're um, working hard at the moment, and once we uh, once we get a bit more potency into our attack and and add that to our defence, um, it'll make us a pretty tough team to be beaten. And the three teams that we've been beaten by are all class teams and quality teams, and. Hopefully over the, the period of the season that you know we can return favour to the, each of those. Warrington coach Tony Smith. So it's likely Matty Russell will start this week against Huddersfield. Could see Gareth O'Brien drop to the bench. We'll hear from uh, Simon Griggs a little bit later. Wigan coach Sean Wayne was especially pleased with his side's performance because it's fair to say that Warriors have had a somewhat rocky start and he feels they're now building some consistency. Yeah, it was good. We, we, we defended really well and I thought our attack was good, to be honest. We, we bombed a couple of chats in, <laughs> in the first half. So it was a big... Uh, it was a... a Big increase in performance on our defence, which we're looking for um, after the past few weeks. That's been our major problem. So, um, you know, I want to see another improvement this Friday. So, from a defensive point of view, is that the benchmark or is there more to come from the defensive side of the uh, game? No, no, there were were slight technical issues in what we did. We did a couple of things uh, what put ourselves under a bit of pressure in in that game. But uh, as long as I see it improving, Steve, I'm happy. And and it is improving. We're going to... You know, to keep them to four points, a team what score a lot of points, um, you know, very satisfying for me. But I still think we can defend better, and uh, and obviously with the, with the confidence what Catalan will get over that win over Rudersfield, you know, they're going to throw quite a bit at us. So we, we need to be better again this weekend. 
We'll hear more from Sean a little bit later. And as for St Helens, still top of Super League after that win at Wakefield. Due to injuries and suspensions, Lance Hohai as well pulled up during the warm-up. John Wilkin and Paul Wellens made a great partnership, Dom. They did, yeah. I mean, Wilco... Will Gold, I'll tell you himself firsthand. He had a, he had a great season last year, playing in a in an unfamiliar position of, in the halves. But John John will do what, what's asked of him, and he, he tried his best. But he's the first one to tell you that he's he's not a half back. That's a special. I still believe, even though rugby league now a lot of utility players and stuff in, in at all levels of the game. But John is he's a specialist back row, and I think you'll you'll see the best of John's abilities and his skills and, and all his attributes when he plays in the back row, especially defensively. A lot of people don't don't realise what John does defensively. Four cents. Uh, Wello, of course, started this time. wasn't on the bench, even though even though he's the captain and he plays off the bench normally because of Johnny Lomack's a fullback. But no, the lads done well, and I think it's good for for Nathan Brown that he's got he's got these lads who can play in these positions. Obviously, a huge talent uh, pool coming through the ranks. All the young lads there at Saints. It's been going on for a while, as, as Steve can probably tell you about similar sort of setup at Wigan and Leeds. But I think. Obviously, Luke Walsh is out for a while, and he's been the talisman this year so far, and show probably the show price guy to be to be the Steve Prescott man of steel, I would think. But he's out for a while now. Obviously, in that period, Saints are going to be judged on their performances, and it might affect their position as as top of the league, if you like. But this this week's going to be a big call. It's going to be really really tough for the lads. Well, you've got John out uh, suspended for two games. Kyle Amor suspended as well yeah. for for one. Louis McCarthy Scarsbrook still out two injuries to Luke Walsh, like you said, and a couple of others. So it's going to see uh, youngsters like Lewis Charnock and Andre Savellio. Have I said that right? He's yeah. not from the academy this yeah, week. Yeah, he's a good right. lad. He's a big unit. Um, he's just come back after having had a serious illness last year, and he made his debut for the 19th three weeks ago. Bulldozed over for a try. He did the same again at the last game. He's an immense talent uh, waiting to uh, emerge on the scene. And I didn't realise that he was in the, in the 19 squad. So I think that's fantastic. Well, let's hear from Saints coach Nathan Brown. He says that Wakefield result was just pleasing all round. First half, a little bit flustered. You know, attack, you know, weren't very composed. And I thought defensively, you know, our goal line defence was was quite comfortable. You know, they got us with a, an intercept try and, and one uh, last tackle try. So I thought... Defensively, we were doing good enough, and it was probably our attack where we needed to improve. And uh, early in the second half, they got a, a charge over from number nine, which was disappointing. But then, you know, Wilco, you know, had a really, a really good second half with the ball, and off the back of that, you know, we, we scored some nice tries. I suppose when you have the play, you know, like crying out late, <coughs> late on in the warm up, that's when the, you know, because you've already got your game plan. Are you going to go about it? Then all of a sudden you've just got to make uh, rapid uh, alterations. Yeah, it's sort of, you know, with, the, with what we already had out, it was probably a little disruptive. You know, thankfully we've got Wello playing the role he's playing. And, you know, last year he obviously got sort of thrown on him earlier in the, you know, sort of 10 weeks into the competition where, you know, this pre-season he's, he's practised at six and he's practised at nine and he's practised at 13. And we know he can slot in at one. So, you know, Wello slotting in at late notice is... Uh, Look, it's not what you'd say ideal, but he's very well prepared for it now, where, he, where in the past he wasn't. And we will hear from Anthony LaFranchi a little bit later. Time for a quick break now, but afterwards we'll chat with witness boss Dennis Betts, who can't fault his size performance at Hull FC, and they are fourth in the Super League table. More to come from Warrington, Wigan, and of course the Saints too. In touch, City Talk Rugby League Lowdown, City Talk 105.9.
Welcome back to In Search on City Talk 105.9, the Rugby League Hour. I'm Lauren Moss, joined by my co-host Steve Manning and Dom Hornsby, who runs the Fly in the Loaf pub in Liverpool City Centre. The lads doing a little bit of air guitar over there at the minute. You liking this? I'm good. I'm, I want my school uniform Steve, and my school bag. We can't bag. see you. He's like banging some sort of drum oh, there. Oh, yes. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. fantastic. To be honest, Steve's looking like a like a young Sonny Bill Williams. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week, big news to emerge from the sport is that Bradford finally have a new owner. Months of uncertainty after they went into administration again. It, it's been a really difficult time, actually, especially at the start of the season when we have all these changes that are, are to come at the end and next year and so on. But the new owner is confirmed to be uh, Leeds businessman Mark Green. What do we know about him, Steve? Well, basically, he's involved with a company called uh, Safeguard Security and is a person that part of this administration situation was the one of the previous owners got a debenture loan for uh, over £100,000. Right. So... He's owed, he's owed that money and things have had to be, be done sort of thing. But uh, I'm just hoping that it's right because uh, we're reading about it. Um, they were saying that it costs £300,000 to buy the club. Mm-hmm. Then they've got another half a million to get through the end of the season. They've, they've got to put up front or show that they've got funds of between one and £2 million, whether that's for players or, or for other debts and all, I'm not sure. And I think they also owe money to our, our friends, the, our Majesty's Customs. Yeah. So... You just thought that they've got the right person. That's going to be the big they've one. done the due diligence. Sorted out sooner rather than later. But it, it's it's been a it's been a nightmare, and you just thought that that this is right, and whether they'll be able to avoid relegations, another thing. Whether they'll be able to put money into get players in, because at the moment they've still got the special measures in mm. that uh, they can't buy players. So it's uh, it's a funny situation, and hopefully this is the last of the saga. I think that it'll carry on, though, unfortunately. Well, Robbie Hunter-Paul, uh, who's now chief exec there at Bradford, uh, he's spoken out this week saying there were five very good businesses vying for the club, all of them with their own strengths, and Mark's come out top. He was always been there or thereabouts because he was working with the company and has a clear understanding of what's going on. You'd hope now that they, they've got some stability behind the scenes, it will it will set them up a little bit better for on, on the field. And uh, Francis Cummings and uh, Bradford player Chev Walker spoke to Sky Sports News about the news this week and says it is a relief to finally have things sorted. It's been a few months of uncertainty. That's that's not nice. It's not nice not knowing that the club's going to be here or what the state the club's going to be. But to get new owners is a great start. I understand Mark Green's been in to, to speak to everybody concerned. What kind of things has he had to say to you? Well, it was really good. He, he just he told told the boys straight why he was doing it and what he's in for and what he expects and and he's there to support them. So um, that's a great boost. That's that's exactly what they wanted. It puts an end to to everything that's gone on over the last few months and well, stemming back probably the last eighteen months really. Um, so yeah, so it's a great relief um, and for us it's just something to take away um, that. The, pit, the hardship of everything that's been going on and we can now solely concentrate on and getting them two points and getting up the league. You know, it's not the situation, not even the games, it's not the football side, it's the uncertainty of of what's going to happen and, you know, are we going to lose players? Are we? That's the worst bit. The worst bit is that, you know, any team sport, you've got to be all in it together and, and I know we are, but the situation is that players and families didn't get paid or didn't get paid on time and... And that's that's there's a lot of emotional drain there. That is is not nice. So Mark Green, the new owner of the Bradford Bulls, of course it means that Marwin Kukash, Dr. Marwin Kukash owns Salford. His wife, her bid wasn't successful. And he's been very vocal criticising uh, the RFL for not keeping them up to date on this, or Bradford for not keeping them up to date on her bid. 
I'd heard that she'd actually pulled out of the bid last week, but it would assume after Dr. Kukash's comments last night that isn't the case, and he, he isn't very happy, Dom. He's not very happy, is is the doctor, but it's... I mean, as Steve said before, it's. I think it's an unfortunate state of affairs, really, regard, regarding Bradford. It's very, very sad. And I, I think as well, this chap's came in, this Mr Green, and he's taken over the club. He, he had the most successful bid. So whether Mandy Kukash hasn't uh, had the right funding or hasn't been the most appropriate uh, suitor for the club, if you like, the, the, the administrators and the, and the rugby league have, have decided to go ahead with, with the chap who's, who's taken over now. But I think... There's a there's a lot of money that's that's going to be swallowed up instantly before any cash, if you like, will become available. Can be spent that we're then going to see on the field, I mean, and the fans are going to benefit. Definitely, from. definitely, Lauren, and and someone like Francis Cummins, he, he's got a really tough job. The players themselves, it, it'll be so hard on them, and that the club, obviously, very successful in the past and and pioneers of Super League, really, when you think back. To, to the start of the Super League era in in rugby league history, so it, in in that respect, it, it's I think it's quite sad for the, for the especially for the club and for the game. And um, we've heard of, of lads in the past, the, the the players themselves, not being not being paid, mm. um, the fans having to contribute more. I mean, even even down to stuff like ex players coming back and, and washing cars and everything. This was last time they were in yeah. administration, so it's it is an ongoing saga. But going back to what you said, Lauren. The, the doctor, Doctor Kukash, isn't happy. He's obviously, um, he's obviously got uh, a lot of money to, that he, he would like to invest in our sport. Which, regardless, of, I know he's been told told off for his comments of late at, at a Salford sponsors dinner. I think it was. Yeah. Um, but no, their season I, launch. I think. Yeah, it was. yeah I think yeah. it was Lauren. Yeah. So I think obviously me and Steve had a, had a, had a chat off air and we were talking about the fact that, that there's yes there's rules and regulations within the game and so there should be and there's a there's an etiquette involved with the game and so there should be so I think if if somebody can have a, a word in the doctor's ear someone who, who's quite uh, firm but fair and let him know how the land lies and if the doctor can abide by that I think we should have him in our game because he's he's got a lot of he's got a lot of money uh, I think. I have met the doctor briefly once. I think he has got a genuine love of the sport, an admiration and a respect for the sport, even though he's only new to it. And he's the kind of guy that's given our game a lot of profile. Well, it is. I mean, look, the fact that we're talking about him again, we're talking about him every week here on In Touch on City Talk. And, and some of his quotes this week, when he was, was on the phone to Sky Sports News late last night, he says, Mandy, his wife's very upset and he's very angry for her because uh, no one in the last couple of weeks made the courtesy call to thank her for the bid or to tell her of the outcome. And if the bid's not successful, you should be in contact with the party and encourage them to stay in the sport. He feels that's not being done. And there would have been no conflict of, conflict of interest uh, with, obviously, him owning Salford if they were playing Bradford and that so on. And the, and the interest generated would have benefited the sport. And I can completely see his views, actually. And I'm sure next week we'll be uh, speaking about uh, something else that uh, Dr. Kukash has said to the press as well. And we'll hopefully have him on in touch very soon. But let's um, turn our attention now to the Witness Vikings. Another uh, good result for them. Got back to winning ways after their tough, tough trip to Headingley the week before. They uh, beat Hull FC 7-0, a result that I wasn't expecting. Hands up to it. I, I wasn't expecting that result. Fantastic result for Witness. And uh, Dennis Betts says they're just proving their credentials. They win at Saints, they win at Warrington, they win at London, they win at Bradford. It's, it's one of those, we keep coming back to this, like, and we started this year, and we didn't make the fixes up. Somebody gave us three, going, three games at home. <laughs> so we had to win our games that we were given. But then all of a sudden, we lose at Leeds, and we can't play away from home. So that, like I say, 
in a media a media hungry society where everybody needs something to say and wants to read something then it and that's when you get those kind of those kind of um analogies and things that you put together but on a whole it's it's a part of the evolution of this team and what we're doing and i think you saw on the weekend just the work ethic and he wants the game back. We won that game easily. I know it, and the media can talk about chances that they didn't have the chances that they thought they had. And that's part and parcel of this game about being able to work off the ball and chase and cover. They had, they had, they had one, I think they had one clear cut chance with the Thompson one when Pat Avan got that. Other than that, there was nothing. There was some poor passing from Yeoman, but we had people covering across. It was a rainy, wet day. You're always going to struggle when you force a skill. We talked about that with the way we wanted to defend. Part of the way we went about it served its purpose. So it wasn't about the fact that we were, were caught out. We actually knew what we were doing. Like you say, you look at the scoreline, and the thing that's most impressive about it is the fact that we've kept a, a Super League side who's been spending well over salary cap last couple of years, been pushing hard, been in Challenge Cup finals, and, and working really hard to make themselves into a stab themselves in the top four side didn't score a point against us on their own ground. I think that's, I said it to the lads after, I said you can't, you cannot underestimate the power of that kind of performance to the to the confidence within this group after after what happened last was last year with maybe two or three changes in that side. It's a, it's a great, it's a great day for us as a, as a group. Witness boss Dennis Betts and we will hear from Phil Joseph a little bit later. Uh, Tom Gilmore kicked the drop goal for Witness at uh, Hull FC and he was playing with uh, North Wales Crusaders proving this dual registration thing works, Steve, the thing that you really didn't like very much last season. Yeah, and I still don't like it now. Hopefully it'll get resolved and we'll have eight teams in 2015. But uh, yeah, two weeks ago we played for the uh, North Wales Crusaders in the win and uh, I went watching another of the dual registered players from Witness and... Uh, at the weekend, when Adam Lawton, who's about six foot eight, uh-huh. he played for North Wales Crusaders, and uh, Declan Hume, he he played as well. Uh, it didn't do him any good. They they, they were defeated by the Centurions, but uh, I understand the concept. I can understand the concept slightly for players like uh, Tom Gilmore and uh, uh, Adam Lawton, etc. It's when you've got your likes of you, when, when Lee Breers was playing for Swinton last season or Paul Wood as it is at the minute, but he's still not going to get back into Warrington's first team this week, Tony Smith says. So, I don't know, maybe it does work for those types of players. Well, it does, but I, I think it's the wrong concept and it's wrong this year, the fact that five sides are going to get relegated from the Championship into the Championship one when everything get, for everything being reconstructed in 2015. Because, it, let's be right, it gives an unfair advantage to some of those sides that might not win games with having these players in. So yeah. I understand the younger end. I have no problem with that. It's just the way perhaps some clubs abuse it. Yeah. Well, let's turn our attention back to Warrington Wolves now. Another defeat at the hands of Wigan last Thursday night and what was a miserable evening weather-wise and also, obviously, performance-wise for the Warrington Wolves. And Simon Grick says, after the last few seasons, fans do rightly expect more from them than what they've had already this campaign. We've got to that stage now you know, after having a bit of success in recent times, that there are high hopes and expectations, and yeah, I suppose so far we haven't lived up to them. But you know, it's a long season. You know, there's quite a, quite a lot of rugby left to be played yet. Is that the case of looking at it? Because, like you say, you know, you you won three, lost three, and uh, you know, it's it's October when it matters, isn't it? Um, you could say that, but you know, we're not we're not taking that approach. We want to win every week, we want to win every time we play, but. You know there have been changes, and it's been well documented. The personnel personnel have left, but it, you know, it's the characters that have left as well. Which you know, those that are left behind need to 
know, need to pick up the slack on the leadership front, which you know, we're working hard to do. And you've got Huddersfield Giants uh, this weekend. You're smarting from a loss and they're smarting from one sort. Something's got to give because draws are rare, aren't they? Yeah, very rare. Uh, it's always a tough fixture over there. Well, even when they come to our place, they're a big side. Well coached. With a, you know, they've got a real good kicker, which is something we've been lacking. So we need to do a job on him. Um, but yeah, always a good game to play him. Simon Griggs speaking there. It's time for another quick break now on City Talk 105.9. But stay with us after the break. We'll hear more from St. Helens with Anthony LaFranchi. We'll also hear from Phil Joseph and Sean Wayne as well. In touch. In touch. On City Talk 105.9. It is in touch. It is City Talk 105.9 and it is the Rugby League Hour with myself, Laura Moss, Steve Manning and Dom Hornsby, licensee of the Fly in the Loaf pub on Harman Street in Liverpool. And the reason we're playing the boss is because as Dom uh, runs the fly on uh, on Harman Street, he's seen some interesting sights as his pub is something of a favourite for the Saints lads that go in at their end of season dues, birthdays and so on. And uh, particularly, Dom, what does this song remind you of? Come on, name and shame. Well... You did I've, request this. Abs- well, I did on behalf of a certain gentleman from uh, by the Humber. So this is uh, this is actually now this is a first for you guys who are listening tonight. This is John Wilkins' favourite song, and when this comes on, if he's had <laughs> maybe a Horlicks or maybe even a Sherry or something stronger, yeah. you'll see him put he puts his Winkle pickers on. He's got he's got <laughs> the look. Honestly, he can't play guitar like, but he's and he does the moves. Unbelievable. Everyone talks at Saints about Robes, about James Robey having all the shapes and all the moves. But Wilco, for me, tops it. I've got visions, but I'll not go down with the visions. I've seen videos of uh, Dom dancing on the bar at the, the Fly in the Loaf. Not about dancing in the dark, dancing on the bar. <laughs> well, dancing on the bar, we didn't know the lyrics, but I was just testing. Well, first of all, I had some special shoes. I had to check the thickness of the soles. And then, obviously, Steve, you've got to check if your bar's strong enough. You know, you get, oh, some, yeah. you oh, get yes. the, the, the solid rugby league guys in. Obviously, they're not Cumbrians like, but they're still tough enough. And uh, if they <laughs> like lead. Eddie Gardner vaulting it. Eddie Gardner yeah. vaulting it, one handed, of course. Good Cumbrian, Eddie. One of the Maras. And you've got another good Cumbria, Kyle Amor. Kyle Amor, one of the Maras, we're everywhere you see. So, obviously, that's... And that alludes back to what you said before, Steve. Obviously, we're having a laugh and a joke now, which we always should do. Rugby League's the greatest game of all and <laughs> the most fun of all sports, I think, as well, with the nonsense that gets talked, like I'm talking now, absolute nonsense. But we were talking before about uh, Cumbria and regardless of the professional clubs, the amateur scene is fantastic and still producing some of the best players in the world. Sticking with St Helens now, fantastic result against Wakefield, top of the table. They don't seem to be doing any wrong, but they are going to be missing some vital players over the next couple of weeks. How do you think the suspension of uh, John Wilkin is going to affect them with this week's trip, well, game at home to Leeds, not trip, they're, they're at home, aren't they, Lantry Park tomorrow night, yep. and uh, Huddersfield the week after as well. In the Cup, yeah. I mean, I think Steve will, Steve will probably say a few bits now. Personally, I, I think it's going to be tough because John... Uh, he's very, very pivotal in the side, and he was taken on the role of of Luke in the Luke Walsh in the halves, who's unfortunately out injured at the moment. So to lose John as well for through unfortunate circumstances, or maybe he was a silly boy giving away a, a reckless tackle, whichever way you look at it. But he's out of the squad anyway for two vital games for this for this big league game against Leeds, and for the cup game against Huddersfield. Now as well this year, I think uh, I was speaking to Paul Wellens about this, and I think. But even though the, the league form currently has been fantastic, which we're all delighted about and, and very proud, and so we should be, but I think as well to in terms of setting the bar, setting the standards, reaching expectations, it's, there's got to be a good cup there's run as well. There's got to be a good cup run. Facing Huddersfield a... so early on, it, I mean, it's, it's obviously the, the tie of the draw, but 
I think it's quite disappointing um, to, to see that so early because this is easily a tie that you could see semi-finals or you, even, yeah. even at Wembley as well come August. Yeah, you could do. I mean, obviously Huddersfield, great side, league leaders last year and everything. They've really come on leaps and bounds that since they've they got back into Super League, actually. So it, it is, I think it's the, I agree with you, Lauren, I think it's the clash of the round. It would have been fitting if that had been quarter-final stage, even semi, perhaps even the final, consi- considering the, the, the status of both clubs. But... This is where this is where it's a test of your metal. Nathan Brown's obviously said said his 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 piece about how he feels that the squad are doing at the moment and who he's got as he's as he's understood is if you like coming through the ranks below first grade level. But this is where we can talk till the cows come home. Saints have got to produce on the pitch. There's been no success for a number of years now. I think 2008 when they won the Challenge Cup. Um, that was after that was on the back of 2007 Challenge Cup 2006. When 2006, Saints, a magical year when for some. Saints absolutely cleaned up. It was a magical year. I I may talk. I I Steve, bloody hell! Oh, I'm, <coughs> whoops, I'm waking up. Steve, uh, um, I uh, I won a couple of shilling that year, having a, a little bet on on the mighty the mighty Saints, the famous. A the, couple the, of shilling. A couple the, of shilling. And, and he did very well. The, the boys in the famous Red V, yeah, won a couple of bob. You did. And that is a story for another day that you can tell us on uh, on City Talk 105.9. Let's hear from Anthony LaFranchi now. He's uh, spoken to Steve this week and admits when Lance O'Hire pulled up just before the kickoff at Wakefield, they just had to revert to plan C. It's a bit each way, you know, obviously as, as a player, and it, it doesn't really affect our you know, individual preparation and um, what we need to do in a game as an individual. On a team front of view, it, it probably disturbs it a little bit, but you know, I think the coaches get more stressed out than what um, what us players do. So, each individual got our role, and you know, the guy that filled in the position that you know that they know the game plan and things, and they seem to um, yeah probably had a bit of shaky ground early in the in the game. But you know, once we come into half time and kind of collected ourselves and knew what we had to do, we we kind of come out and put a better forty together. You certainly showed that resilience, didn't you? Because obviously with with the changes and then, like you say, we, we've touched on Lance not making uh, the starting uh, 80 for the starting 80. But you're 16-4 down and the team haven't been in that position this season, have they? So you, you've got to start showing your character, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. And I think that's that's probably one of the pleasing things, you know. Like I said, Wakefield at Wakefield, it's, it's always a hard place to go. And, you know, to be 16-4 down and to, um, you know, to grind the wind out I think it's that's a pleasing thing, you know, that we've got that resilient now and I suppose we're starting to learn how to win, you know, whereas, you know, probably that this time twelve months or eighteen months ago, maybe we'd have lost that game. So, you know, and, and you know, Will I spoke about it at, you know, throughout the week is that, you know, those type of games is the ones that you need to win. You know, the, the game big games against Leeds or Wiggins and the Huddersfield is um, you know, you're always gonna get up for those games that you know, the, the, the games that you win ugly are the ones that count at the back end of the year. You've mentioned the big ones, you're expected to do something now. Lee's Rhinos, first against second. They've only dropped one point. Something's got to give, hasn't it? Yeah, I suppose there'll be um, probably a new ladder leader at the end of the week. So, um, yeah, look, it's, something's going to give. And, yeah, that's the beauty of the competition. Yeah, you come up and you've got a big game like this this Friday and Saints and Leeds. And, look, everyone's going to um, enjoy the game. And I know I'm looking forward to the challenge, that's for sure. And I know you alluded uh, in the main press conference. It's a big month coming up, isn't it, with the games? It's not going to sort out the destiny of the season. All right, you might next week might partly but it's not going to sort it out but uh, these are the games against the sides that everybody's going to be saying well can they do it can they not do it because obviously you're not a one-man team but with Walsh you're missing it's a big 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 miss isn't he 
Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, only other scene the, the opening of the season, how how much he you know adds to our team, and you know, with him out, it like I said, it's going to be a great test. And you know, the next month we've got is is a massive month, but you know, it's going to be great. And I think everyone is looking forward to the to the games ahead. But you know, our focus is Leeds this Friday, and then I suppose we'll move on from there. But you know, it's, it's not going to defy our season, but it's it's a big month and it's a good challenge for the club. Saints is Anthony LaFranchi. Their Saints in action tomorrow night against Leeds Rhinos. As for Witness Vikings, they're back at home on Sunday. They'll face the Bradford Bulls, who uh, remains to be seen really how what's happened off the field this week is going to affect them on the pitch. But uh, they seem to be doing everything right now after that uh, defeat to Leeds last weekend. And Phil Joseph has been telling Steve why this week. Yeah, it was an interesting one. Here. We, had, we really showed us metal. I thought we, we played really well and we played pretty sensible as well, you know. We played, you know, after the conditions, which were which were good, and I just thought his game management was very well, very good. Sorry. And coming off the back of the Leeds defeat, it showed that you know people were talking about goodness, his confidence might be affected by the Leeds defeat. This game presumably showed that, that it wasn't. Like I said before, um, we, we never we never really had that in the in the sights. You know, once we finished that Leeds game, the final whistle went that fish and chip paper, and we knew that when we played Hull, you know, we had to. Really have a big performance, and you know it was. We, we showed that, you know that we, you know, we're full of confidence, and you know the, the defeat didn't really take much out of us. You look personally like you you really enjoy your rugby year at Witness at the moment. Oh, that's Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, it's, uh, it's it's not just that. It's the it's the lads like Dennis alluded to. You know, we've got a very very good group of, of lads, and we're, we're we're very close as well. You know, like you got Bradford, Bradford one, of your, one of your former clubs this week. Got some issues at Bradford at the moment, but wouldn't can't be concerned about that, can we? No, that's that's what I mean. You know, we're we're really taking this week very serious, and you know, we're not really worrying about their internal affairs. You know, we're, we're just worrying about what the job that we've got to do, and you know, we're going to try and come and turn up and put a professional performance against them. Phil, are you feeling that pressure for players to score Oh, definitely. Yeah, you know, you, you have one one bad game and, and you're out. That's just that's just the nature. It's because you've got lads behind you that are just really chomping at the bit to get in the team. So it, it puts pressure on us, but it's bringing the best out of us as well. So it's good. Witnesses Phil Joseph. How do you think they're going to fare this Sunday against the Bradford Bulls then, fellas? I think it'll be a win for Witnesses by about 30 points. Yeah, it could be, Steve, but... Uh... They're Brad- on the eye pitch, so yeah, it's it's on the in the on the eye pitch. But Bradford, you know, you never. I, I would think Witness will win. You never know. Bradford might have had a, a, a new uh, lease of life with this this news for the club, so the players might respond. Francis Cummins might get the lads fired up, and you could see a bit of a response. But I would say Witness will win the game. Yeah, I think Witness probably by eight. Uh, Wigan Warriors in action tomorrow night against Catalan Dragons, who finally got their season up and running against Huddersfield, but they're back over here. I think when Catalan have a good run at home, we could see their fortunes turning around a little bit. But uh, what are you expecting tomorrow night, Steve, when they uh, head to Wigan? I think they'll go there, Boyd. I remember last year they got beat 34-0, I think it was. And I think that Wigan will, after their win against the Wolves, they, they, they will get the points in that one. But like you said, this is now going to be the fifth game out of seven away from home. And when they go, do go home, they'll, they'll, they'll be safe. Uh, well, Wigan will have uh, Sean O'Loughlin back from that uh, shoulder injury as well. Gil Dudson's coming into the 19-man squad in place of Jack Hughes and Anthony Gelling as well. Uh, Wigan coach Sean Wayne says that last week's result against Warrington will no doubt give them a momentum boost and spark they've needed. When you've had a good win like that, you find that not many people get injured. <laughs> so I've got Lockers back, um, uh, Sam Paul's going to be back within a week. Gil Dudson's played 60 minutes at work and so did uh, Jordan James. So we've had uh, we've had now front rows training today, so it's been quite tough. But it's competition for places, and uh, and and that shows because we've got a few names back, and all of a sudden Dan Sergeant come in. Uh, Ian Thornley's form goes out the roof, through the roof, 
and um, and it's the same for the front rowers. I expect everybody now to, to, to the performance to increase because um, unless they're playing at the best, they won't they won't play in the team. Catalan Dragons, uh, they'll be barred getting their opening win against the uh, Giants. Uh, it should be a cracker. Yeah, they're a, you know they're a big athletic team. Uh, they're a huge team, uh, and, and they're playing with some confidence now because that was a great win against Huddersfield, albeit Huddersfield were a bit below par. But they, you know, they come to our place and they always enjoy coming to the DW. So I'm expecting a real tough performance, and um, I, I want our, our defence to carry on improving. And if we do that, then we'll we'll get the two points. And uh, the young Uker, he's got some pace, hasn't he? So mm. I know you'll watch him all, but he was yeah. uh, outstanding at the weekend. Yeah, Pelissier is a good player, um, you know, but he's, he's playing 80 minutes at the minute, so we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll test him with that, see how long he can play, and and, and that's 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 our job to pick holes in them. You know, they, they, they do have a couple of problems in, in in the D, but you know, as an attacking team, they've got threats all over the park. I know you focused on the game, but underneath as well, you must have been pleased to get the two points at. Uh, Warrington because of what's gone on and I know it's gone now but I'll, I've got to ask you because I'd, I'd get me re slapped if I didn't mm-hmm. yeah it, it, at the end of the day what I want to what I want us to perform and the fact is our, our form during the past year since 2010 has not been great you know so it, it is it is a place where we don't normally go well so to go and play as well as we did and and keep them now to four um was, was a great effort so it's more enjoyable after obviously what went on in, in Australia as well I like how you asked him at the end there about that little bit of uh, sort of rivalry there with Tony Smith. And yes, Steve, you would have had your wrist slapped if you hadn't asked him. So uh, well done. I like how you, you remember who's boss. Well, <laughs> A little we're... bit unfair passing the buck there. The nature of the beast. <laughs> um, so score <laughs> predictions, uh, Wigan, <laughs> Wigan Catalan tomorrow. What are you thinking, Dom? Uh, I agree with Steve, to be fair. Wigan, they, they might be buoyed up the Cat- Catalan boys, but I think it, sh- it should be safe to say that Wigan will take this comfortably. I don't think they'll struggle, and it's a chance for Wigan to, to go on the b- on the back of that Warrington success. I think Wigan will uh, will take tomorrow night as well, and I think uh, Warrington are going to have a tough trip over to Huddersfield. I think Huddersfield uh, could clinch that one as well. As for St Helens, I'm really not sure against Leeds tomorrow night. I've got to be honest. I think it's going to be really tough. Obviously, the heart says St. Saint, the head... Uh, doesn't really want to say, say Leeds, and I'm not going to let it say Leeds, but if you ask uh, Mr Bookmaker, he might be given... I haven't seen any odds, to be fair, as of yet, but he might be given given Leeds the, the nudge sort of thing. Obviously, Leeds are coming virtually... Me and Steve were talking before the show started. Leeds are coming across across the Pennines to Langtree Park at pretty much full strength, and Saints, unfortunately, are, are depleted somewhat. So Score prediction, Steve? Well, you're going for Leeds, aren't you? I am, yeah. Well, all right, I'll, uh, I'll be... A, I'm going to go I for Saints. Saints. Obviously, I'm I want Saints. I'm going to go for Saints by six, and I think Warrington will win at the Giants. OK, well, so we've got time for an in-touch. Uh, thank you for your company and for joining us this evening. Dom, thanks for coming up to the top of the Radio City, City Talk Town. We hope to see you very soon. I've loved it. Thanks very much. Good night, everyone. This is In Touch, City Talk's Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk 105.9.